This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now your host, he enjoys fishing as long as the fish are biting. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast, where it's my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Chamber Chat Podcast is uh, sponsored by Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Is your chamber struggling to drive the revenue it needs to support your initiatives? It's a common problem, and one that our new title sponsor, Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions, knows a lot about. Doug and Bill Holman aren't just sales consultants, they're real-life chamber guys with 20-plus years of chamber leadership experience. They know how to diagnose and solve member recruiting issues faster and better than anyone else, and they're ready to put that knowledge to work for you and your chamber. Call the Holman Brothers today at 619-852-1391 or check them out at holmanbros.com. That's H-O-L-M-A-N-B-R-O-S dot com. Our guest for this episode is Alan Smith, representing One Spartanburg, Inc. as a 2021 Chamber of the Year finalist. We're excited to, to have Alan with us today on Chamber Chat Podcast. He was actually on the show back in February, and um, it, it's always fun for me to see some of the, the past guests that I've had on the, on the podcast pop up as a chamber of the year finalist because that tells me that I'm picking the right guests for the for the podcast that are you know doing things right at their chamber to be selected as a finalist. But um, if you wanted to go back and check it out, it was episode 107 that Alan was on with us before. But Alan was born and raised in Greenville, North Carolina after graduating from East Carolina U- University with a bachelor's in political science. Allen was appointed to serve as town clerk for the town of Bethel, North Carolina. After working in local government for a couple years, Allen was hired as vice president of operations for the Greenville Pitt County Chamber of Commerce. He was then promoted to senior vice president. In 2010, Allen was hired as the president and CEO of the Greater Greer Chamber of Commerce. On June 16th, 2014, Allen was named as president and CEO of the Spartanburg Area Chamber of Commerce. And then in September of 2020, the Spartanburg Area Chamber of Commerce launched a rebrand to represent its collective as a strategic plan. Allen is now the president and CEO of One Spartanburg, Inc. One Spartanburg, Inc.'s mission is to build a vibrant Spartanburg through business, economic, and tourism development. Given Spartanburg's recent accolades as a statewide leader in education, healthcare, culture, and economic development, Alan and his wife Jenny and their two daughters are excited about what's to come and are incredibly proud to call Spartanburg home. Alan, welcome back to Chamber Chat Podcast. Take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber Champions and and like I like I like to have you share something interesting about yourself. I think last time you uh you announced that you just joined the 40 club. So we'll see what else you have to, to share with us. Well, Brandon, I really do appreciate the opportunity to come back. Uh, also appreciate you recognizing our, our recent, I guess, recognition. We're incredibly flattered. You know, we, we're the only people that do what we do in our communities. And, you know, we measure our data. We look at our outputs. We look at our production. But sometimes when you get third-party affirmation, it's just such a 
a good feel good pat on the back. So we're we're absolutely humbled and honored. And I think interesting would be uh, my life uh, revolves around my four and one year old little girls, Eloise and Mary Barrett. Uh, old Mary Barrett right now has an obsession with mustard, uh, <laughs> mustard everything. You know, more mustard, please, more mustard, please. So um, we, and it doesn't matter. It could be French's, it could be Dijon, but she just loves uh, eating mustard. So um, we're, we're rolling with the punches as far as that's concerned. <laughs> that's great. My youngest daughter, when she was probably two, she had an obsession with ketchup. So <laughs> for her birthday one year, we actually got her a two pack of ketchup and she couldn't have you know been happier with anything else. <laughs> Well, we hear that more often because, you know, obviously ketchup's sweeter. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know what what's in store for us in terms of her personality and the path ahead with, with mustard. But uh, but either way, what, what a blessing. That's right. That's awesome. Well, share with us about One Spartanburg, Inc. I'd like to get some background and, and uh, give everyone a perspective as to your kind of size and location, budget, staff, that sort of thing, just to know where you're coming from as we get into our discussion and, and highlighting some of those program synopsis on your uh, Chamber of the Year application. Well, again, we appreciate the opportunity. It, this is always a little kind of difficult for me because we don't, we, we don't necessarily, we aren't big on just, just you know, touting our organization um, and touting ourselves. We, we just feel like if our community is winning, our economic development numbers are strong, our tourism development numbers are strong, you know, businesses are coming here and they're being successful. And that's, that's really all the accolades we need. But you asked, so uh, I'll answer. Um, we really weathered COVID-19 remarkably well. I mean, I knew that we were positioned well from just, just metrics like you know, days of cash on hand and, and things like that. But I had no idea that we would weather it the way we did. Um, no layoffs, no furloughs. Uh, in fact, <clears throat> I looked at I looked at some history, and we had about in 2019 we had about 6.1 million dollars of cash on hand. Uh, this recent year in June 30, 2021, we had 6.1 million dollars of cash on hand. And what's remarkable about that is, uh, since 2019, we spent 2.1 million dollars on a renovation. So, you know, it's, it's pretty remarkable when you think about uh, and that's internally financed, by the way. So we didn't we didn't borrow any money from the bank. There wasn't an influx of cash from from, you know, a loan. Um, so it's pretty remarkable that, that we've been able to remain flat and internally financed a two point one million dollar uh, renovation. As far as you know, the organization in general is concerned, um, we are when we're fully staffed, we're at twenty one with. Um, two contractors and a lobbying um, outside, which we added them last year and what a decision that was. And I'll tell you a little bit about that. Uh, I mentioned the renovation. We are, um, I, I set an aspirational goal to move in July 15th. That's not going to happen. Um, so we're going to be, you know, later this summer we'll be, we'll be moving in, but really a state of the art facility. It's interesting. we we did a staff survey when, with the architect and we asked staff, you know, what do you want to see in the new building? They wanted technology. They wanted better HVAC. They wanted more meeting spaces and more toilets. And they got it all. <laughs> um, 
So, you know, maybe maybe one day we can come back on and share some images uh, of the new building. Yeah, those, uh, you know, certain things take priority. HVAC and toilets definitely are right up there at the top. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I remember when we... uh, when when we had you on the podcast before, I remember there was the uh, the construction background effects that we were hearing. So it, it's That's good right. to hear that things are winding down and you guys are getting close to moving in. That's awesome. Well, yeah, we're excited about it. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the, you know more details about the the program synopsis you guys submitted with your Chamber of the Year application, and we'll dive into that discussion as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round, affordable, and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar, Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. All right, Alan, we're back. Um, why don't you take a minute and just share with us what your two program synopsis were, and then maybe we can dive in a little more detail on each of those. Sure. So the first one was the actual reimagining of our organization. Um, you know, we were a consolidated organization where countywide economic development function, countywide tourism function, and the countywide chamber were all together. Um, but we weren't acting that way. Very much siloed, uh, very much three different cultures, a lot of duplication, uh, a lot of replication, a lot of you name it. Um, we weren't recognizing that competitive advantage that we had. So we really started. Um, and then quite honestly, I can't take any credit for this. I, I actually had my senior staff do an evaluation of me. Um, and I didn't even see their evaluations and turned them right over to my chair. And, you know, my chair shared them with me and senior staff said, look, we've got we've got a gold mine at our feet in terms of having these three functions together. Why don't we take advantage of it? So we really went on about a 16 month journey, uh, a cultural improvement journey, uh, uncovering efficiencies, uh, uncovering synergies. Um, changing mindsets throughout the organization, literally and ripping down silos, but but also being respectful of what the independent functions of, of our organization is and are as well. Um, so we did that. And, and, you know, a lot of people in, in the community at least talked about the name change that was rolled out in September of 2020 when we went public and went from Spartanburg Area Chamber to One Spartanburg Inc., 
but that really was probably 2.5% of the whole process. You know, the rest of the process was, was getting things in place to be able to recognize um, synergies, being able to really take advantage of the model that we had. That's, uh, I'm excited to have you dive in deeper on that and, and tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, you talked about the 16 month journey and some of those things that you learned, but first let's uh, just mention what your, your second program synopsis was, and we'll, we'll circle back to that. So in April 2020, uh, co-chaired by one of our county counselors and co-chaired by a small business owner, uh, we launched Bringing Back the Bird, a business recovery task force. Uh, we knew um, that there was going to be significant impact to the business community. Um, and, and what better organization to lead the business community through COVID-19 than One Sparmary Inc. So uh, we're at that time, it was Sparmary Chamber. Um, so we convened a steering committee of 34 folks. And, you know, one of the first things that they did is um, we set up a data uh, benchmark committee. Folks like the city manager, uh, the county manager, um, folks in workforce development, so on and so forth. And we identified 19 benchmarks because we didn't want this task force to go on. You know, the difference between a task force and a committee is a committee goes on forever. A task force has a beginning and an end. Um, and this task force needed to have an end. Um, in fact, we wanted to get to a point where we could wind it down. So the 19 uh, benchmarks were set and we made a pact, basically, the committee that, you know, when we meet these benchmarks for a sustained period of time, we're going to shut the task force down. Um, I'm happy to report in June, we shut the task force down. Um, benchmarks like hospitality tax were met, rev par, occupancy rates, uh, building permits, unemployment. And it, it wasn't just an activity of us just monitoring and watching the data. We were doing that and then responding. So, you know, we were we were doing things like our corporate catering program to drive hospitality tax. Um, we were doing things, major uh, expenditures and, and marketing. To, to drive different, um, both economic and, and commercial traffic community. Um, we, we did not uh, get as, you know, as, as well, not everybody knows, but counties in, in South Carolina, um, the first round of relief money, the threshold was a 500,000 population uh, threshold. There's only one county in South Carolina that met that threshold. So our county got no relief the first round. We're at about 340,000. So we took matters in our own hands and we raised 700 grand in the midst of a global pandemic to provide um, relief to the small business community. And we did that in the form of uh, forgivable and unforgivable loans. Uh, that was met with great success. So again, uh, the benchmarks, the data has been incredible. Uh, we peaked out at about 14.8% unemployment. As of today, we're at 3.7. Um, retail in 2020 uh, was 105% of what it was in 2019. So people actually spent more money in 2020 than they did in 2019. Uh, since January, we've averaged about 900 building permits per month. Um, and this is a remarkable number than what I'm about to tell you. And that is uh, since, and it's historic. Since January, 
uh, we've recruited 1.2 billion in new investment and 3,100 new jobs. Wow. Um, so that's about $6.3 million in new investment every single day since January 1st. <laughs> um, so we've seen the remarkable, and we, 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 we felt like that was going to happen because in 2020, there were a lot of folks that said, hey, we're committed to Spartanburg. Um, you know, they'd been in our pipeline. We've been courting them a long time. And when the, the when they could see the end of the pandemic around the bend, they started making some significant, significant investment decisions. So we're only we, we track our investment and in our new job totals on a calendar year basis. So we're six months in with one point two billion leading South Carolina and still have 72 active projects in the pipeline. So those those were some I go on and on, but those were some of the metrics that we looked at and. We officially wound down the uh, task force last month, but what we wound up was the beginning of our 2022-2026 One Spartanburg Vision Plan 2.0 planning process. So we actually used that last meeting of the Bring Back the Bird Business Recovery Task Force to be the first meeting of the 2022-2026 development of the strategic plan. So we felt like that group was the best kind of first stakeholder group to start that process. So we'll we'll launch in 2022, January, either February or next five-year plan. That's awesome. I love hearing those examples of those benchmarks that were met and, uh, and quite frankly, some of them really just blown out of the water. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can go to, you can go to bringbackthebird.com, track the benchmarks and you'll see all kinds of charts and graphs around you know, the, the things that, that we've been we've been following. So we met 18, like I said, we met 18 of the 19 benchmarks. The only benchmark we did not meet was uh, Greenville Spartanburg International Airport passenger traffic. It's still at about 60% of pre-COVID levels. Our benchmarks for everything were just about 80%. Um, but, you know, we didn't want to drag this thing on until GSP got to 80%. Um, so, we decided after 18 and 19 benchmarks we met, we shut down and celebrated success. That's awesome. And I'll, uh, I'll link to the, you said it's bringbacktheberg.com or bringbackberg.com? Bringing, bringing bringingbacktheberg.com. Bringingbacktheberg.com. So I'll put that in the show notes for our episode. So if anybody wants to go in and see what those different benchmarks were, um, hopefully in your own communities, you have your own benchmarks that you're, you're, tracking and and uh, hopefully exceeding but uh maybe this will give you some ideas of, of other things that are worth tracking and and taking note of um but alan let's uh let's circle back to the the reimagining of your entire organization um it, kind of what brought that on um i know i mean we can probably talk about this for a couple hours with uh, everything that that led up to it but hit some of those highlights for us about kind of what spurred it on and, and um, what that 16 month journey was like. Well, you know, a, a standalone, a standalone chamber is, you know, obviously set up set to serve the community, but, but, you know, also has a responsibility to serving members and, you know, we serve our members. Um, we, we serve our investors. They hold a priority with us, but, but given our model, we really have a responsibility to serve the entire county. 
So with a name like Chamber, um, we felt like, and, you know, local surveys indicated it, that that was an exclusive name. You know, think about the term member in itself. I'm a member, you're not. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as we're trying to grow the tent and and, and be inclusive and, and, and try to serve, you know, all the people and all the businesses of, of Spartanburg County, we took a long, hard look at the organization and said, you know, are we set up to do that? You know, is our, is our welcome mat covered up, up with dirt where no one can see welcome? Um, <laughs> does it need to be spruced up a little bit? And, and uh, you know, that's, that's the conclusion that we part of the name change. The other thing was when you looked at, um, and this is, this is not to throw shade on any other organization, but when you look at other communities that have a standalone economic development organization, standalone tourism, standalone chamber, the inefficiencies are just immense. I mean, just just the fiscal um, obligations that that one has, you know, to support three buildings is tremendous. Yeah. Um, you've got three three you know people that greet you when you come in the front door. You have marketing staff. You have finance staff. You have all those things. And, and, you know, we started looking at that and we, we said, my goodness, you know, what, what if we were to, to recognize a substantial amount of savings and take those savings and make it more um, geared towards community impact? So we have a VP of finance, one person. Um, she does the books for all three organizations and our ancillary one Spartanburg vision plan fund, which is about a million dollars a year. That's an efficiency. Um, we mentioned the renovation earlier. Um, we're moving into a renovated building, one building. We have one building to support, um, you know, one deferred maintenance line item. Um, so, so we don't have three buildings, three campuses to support. We have, and, and let me say too, that the way we, the way we measure all this, and this is going to get, get a little nerdy and people might tune out at this point, but <laughs> we have, we don't have an org chart. We call it an org circle. So you have business development, economic development, tourism development, and then supporting all three of those core functions is mission support. So the marketing and communications team is in mission support. Finance is in mission support. We have one full-time events person that she handles the events for all three core functions. Um, our diversity, equity, and inclusion person is in mission support because we believe that that should permeate the work of the entire organization. Um, so mission support, essentially, we said, okay, now how much is it going to cost to support all these professionals? We arrived at a number, and then we said, okay, business development, uh, 15.7% of your budget, economic development, 15.7% of yours, tourism, 15.7% of yours period, emission supports funded. And if you look at the numbers, you know, the national average for overhead for our industry is about 20 to 25%. We're doing it at a 15.7. So, you know, 5% savings for a $5 million budget is significant. And we're able to pour that uh, back into the community. Not only that, just the, the macro nature of what we're doing right now, it makes sense. And tangible example, um, talent. In this community, COVID isn't the number one issue anymore. Talent is the number one issue. We have 9,000 job openings. We have 7,000 people seeking work. We have way more jobs than we do 
people. Um, you know, the other thing too is we could be the beneficiary of some COVID migration patterns. The data is indicating that people are more open-minded to smaller markets. And so we're doing some things to take advantage of that. But think about it. You know, how many times do you go visit somewhere as a tourist and say, oh my goodness, and I could see me plucking the family up and living somewhere like this. Well, you know, on the business and economic development side of the shop, talent's the number one issue. And then on the other side of the shop, we have tourism. So that's a that's a direct marriage. I mean, even little granular things like we're using tourism photography in our talent campaigns. And it sounds, it sounds like, well, duh, no brainer. But I can tell you, and I know from direct experience in other communities, that's just not happening. I mean, the, the chamber person might not even have a relationship with the tourism person. The tourism person might be fighting the economic development per person over funds. And so we just don't have, have that here. In fact, we have what we call required relationships, required relationships. So if you're going to be the chief economic development officer, uh, you literally have to share the coffee pot with the chief tourism development officer because <laughs> we're all in the same building. Oh, that's great. When you're talking about the the org circle, the organization circle that you have, I was picturing kind of like a Venn diagram where you have your different circles and kind of the overlap where you can see where somebody has different responsibilities for the different parts of the organization. And um, I, you didn't explain it exactly that way, but in my mind, that's how my mind works and kind of see where those overlaps are and to be more efficient in the organization overall. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you a funny story about the org, the org circle. Um, we, we meet with uh, our past chairs every six months. Um, so going, there's, there's a guy actually, I think from 1982, that was a chair of the board that comes back and, and, you know, they, they love it, um, because, you know, they've been removed from the organization and they get an update. And so we put the org circle, uh, in front of them and I'll never forget, um, one of the past chairs said, well, this is great. Um, we can really get efficient. And I said, well, I think this is pretty efficient. He said, well, president CEO isn't on here, so we can just go ahead and, and do away with that and save some more money. I said, whoa. <laughs> yeah, you got to re revisit that with a little more detail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll have to add that back in the middle. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, and that, you know, that's something else too that we joke about it, but really, you know, my role in this model is, um, you know, we, we do get a lot of public funding. Uh, we do have a very active um, lobbying and advocacy focus. And, and I'm, I'm freed up to do all of that and keep my practitioners out of the fray, so to speak. So, you know, my, our chief economic development officer, she's out there all day, every day, you know, recruiting, retaining, working expansions, chief tourism development officers out there recruiting, you know, groups and conferences and sports tournaments, so on and so forth. Chief business affairs officer, you know, setting businesses up for success in our community. And, and I'm able to kind of sometimes, you know, and, and, and the folks on this call, I think will appreciate this. You know, the chamber president is is a mile wide and an inch deep and scattered in all these different things. 
you know, the, the economic development leader in a community is maybe dealing with the politics of county council because that's where his or her funding comes from. And so really with our model, I'm able to step forward and, and deal with a lot of that and just allow them to practice the trade in, in which they're experts. Yeah. Now, in hearing you talk about this model that you guys have that you've reimagined there with one Spartanburg Inc., it, um, I don't know if you've read it yet or not, but I, I've referenced several times on the podcast uh, Dave Atkinson's new book, The Horseshoes Versus Chess, where you've got all these different moving parts in a community from tourism, to economic development, school district, you know, and um, they're all pieces to help move your community forward. So by bringing it all together in that that new vision that you guys have there, one Spartanburg Inc. I think is genius. It's uh, obviously is working for you guys. I know every community is different, but um, I've seen in some communities where you know there's some uh, lack of attention in certain areas because certain areas suffer by not being able to have that coordinated effort to help that progress in your community. So kudos to you guys for for what you're doing there with one Spartanburg Inc. Um, as, as we start to wrap up here, first of all, I wanted to make sure that there's nothing that I, that we missed in, uh, highlighting these, these two program synopsis, if there's anything that you wanted to, to touch on, uh, before we wrap up and, uh, and if not, just have you share one, one tip or action item that a, a chamber champion can take to help elevate their organization up to the next level. Well, I, I would say, you know, you you called and you wanted us our organization. You can't really talk about our organization unless you talk about this community. And, you know, we've we've talked to four other communities about this model. They're they're looking at doing it. Um, but but really Spartanburg, it's 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 not kind of what we do here, it's who we are. Um, we're we're one of several examples of the quote only collaborative model in South Carolina. For example, um, the Chapman Cultural Center in Spartanburg uh, houses eight arts-based nonprofits, the only model of its kind, South Carolina. We are building right now um, South Carolina's only city county joint municipal complex. So the city and the county will come together under one roof. So there's example after example, example of, of a collaborative spirit here. And, and every community says, you know, we work well together, so on and so forth. You can look at our community's institutions and see how we're structured. So, you know, I appreciate, you know, the, the kind remarks, but, but it's really kind of the DNA of this community to set up your organization like this in, in order to be successful and effective. And as far as tips are concerned, I, I loved, I wish I could remember what I said the last time, but you know, <laughs> I think when you look at the Horizons Initiative um, and a word that's been talked about in our industry for a really long time, and I think it, it's still true, it's just, it's just relevance. It, it really is relevance. And, and, you know, I talked to a neighboring chamber uh, CEO a few weeks ago, much smaller, much smaller organization. And, and just so enjoy hearing her talk about, and her, her challenges are immense, but, but loved hearing her talk about, you know, yes, we'll always do the ribbon cuttings and yes, we'll always do networking, but, but Alan, I want to do something that, that matters more. I want to do something that's relevant. And so, you know, the only tip I gave her was I said, look, you gotta, you gotta find a way to, to build a data-based plan. You really do. Um, you got to find a way to figure out 
what your community's issues are and how you're unique, uniquely positioned to address them. And if you're able to do that more often than not, you know, it'll sell. People invest in that work and that'll bring you that relevance that you need to really have a sustained, well-funded, well-respected organization in the long term. So uh, building a, a data-based plan, not a database plan, but a, a data-based, so making your plan based around the data, right, that you're receiving in your yeah, community. Get, getting, a new, getting a new database wouldn't be relevant or, or yeah. be considered an accomplishment. <laughs> That's a big transaction. That's right. Um, but yeah, yeah, Bill, you know, so, so many, so many times it's just, you know, human nature. We say things like, well, I feel this or I think this or the restaurant the other day and there were people standing outside. So, you know, the hospitality industry must be doing well. It's, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> you, know, you gotta, you gotta have a plan that's predicated uh, on irrefutable data. Absolutely. So uh, along those lines of relevance, I know I asked you this question last time you were on as well, but um, as we look to the future of chambers, how do you see the future of chambers going forward? You know, I think, I think this last test, this COVID test, um, you know, may have maybe, maybe it, it was survival of the fittest, quite frankly. I mean, those that were, those that were well positioned from from a financial standpoint are still with us today, and unfortunately, we've read about a lot that um, are not with us today. Um, but but I think it also was a test of going back to what I said, relevance. Um, you know, there were a lot of it was remarkable to see organizations like ours really stepping up. You know, the way I explained it to our staff when we launched Bring Back the Bird Business Recovery Task Force was. As people in the community were getting COVID and then hospitalizations were going up, you know, I pray to God that, that it didn't happen to anybody on our team. But if it did happen and you needed help, who'd you call? You know, you'd call the ambulance. The ambulance would come take you to the hospital. Well, if you're if you're a small business and, you know, 20 or 30 percent of your team is either they either have COVID or they've been quarantined or so on and so forth. Your customers can't come into your business you're sick, you're ailing, who are you going to call, you know, and, you know, the communities that, that have the relevant chambers, you know, they were calling their chambers and their chambers were responding in a major way. So coming out of this, I think people in the community were saying, you know what, I didn't really know what that organization was doing pre-COVID, but I get it today. And so I think it could be COVID in a lot of ways, may have created the perfect moment for our industry to, to, to get back some relevance and, 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 and really build back some real meaningful leadership in our communities. Absolutely. I mean, I saw that across the country you know, where the COVID really did test um, businesses and the chambers you know, across the country, they needed to be that support, that backbone for these businesses to help them survive, to get them the information they needed. And uh, those chambers that stepped up and did it, they're going to have some very loyal members for a long time because uh, they're going to remember how the chamber helped uh, heal them when they were sick. So I great, agree. great, great point. Um, 
Well, Alan, I mentioned I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put bringing back the Berg on the uh, show notes for this episode. Is, uh, is there any contact information that you would like to share with the listeners who might want to reach out and connect with you about anything that you've discussed today or uh, just continue this discussion offline with you? Sure. I'm, I'm happy to, to chat with anybody. It's A. Smith at onespartanburginc.com. A. Smith at onespartanburginc.com. And that's one O-N-E. All right. I will update that on our show notes, uh, which will be found at chamberchatpodcast.com slash episode 136. But Alan, it's been great to catch up with you again. I wish you all the, the best of luck with your uh, Chamber of the Year bid and I look forward to talking to you again. Brandon, thank you for the opportunity and, and thank you for doing this for our industry. It, it really matters. Thank you. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Would you be interested in creating even more value from the processes that you're already doing on a daily basis? Swipe It has been one of my sponsors for Chamber Chat from the beginning. Swipe It provides credit card payment solutions that will save your chamber up to 40% on your processing fees, and Swipe It can integrate your credit card processing seamlessly into your existing membership software. Swipe It does not charge chambers to switch, and they will make switching simple. In addition to these savings, Swipe It has an affinity program for Chambers of Commerce, so you can earn more non-dues revenue to support your budget. Learn more about Swipe It by requesting your free cost savings analysis and become more profitable today by visiting chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, as in credit card. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, and you can join many other chambers as you begin swiping with Swipe It.